Breathe in. I hope you've started Re- recording. Already. We are recording, David. It's all about mindfulness this week. Because <laughs> I'm not drinking beer. You're not. So, well, not not purposely, but yeah, no, that's how I'm breathing all the time. To deal with this knowledge. <sighs> I'm trying to not drink during the week and then drink on the weekends, like you know, normal people. Uh, but I'm finding it quite difficult. <laughs> I understand. Uh, you're in the cool room. I'm Damien Gibson, and joining me, as always, is David Griffiths. It's true. We've got morning, Damien, even though it's now 10.30 at night. That's the confronting bit for yeah, me I know. sitting right I'm, I'm at this. I'm at this point of just manicness where David like walked in, and I was like, I'm getting up early in the morning, and I don't like morning, Damien. He's an arsehole, and he yells at people. And Dave's like, Jesus Christ, well, man. Just, was that Dave, morning, do- <laughs> David, has big hair. So I do have big hair. Um I usually work late shifts at my work, and this week I'm not, uh, and I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all, David. So, and combine that with trying to lose weight, and not drinking beer. This is, this I'm is, going insane, David. There's three different agitated Damien's <laughs> trapped know. inside the one Damien no, 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 sitting no. opposite me. I'm not doing well, man. I'm not doing well, man. Uh, also, trying not to smoke. Deep breaths. No Coca-Cola. Deep breaths. Oh, man. <laughs> you didn't think that maybe you could get one of those sort of, you know, 18-month planners you can buy from Officeworks? No, I'm doing them all at once. <laughs> um Anyway, we went down to the Incubator on Smith Street um, to meet up with the boys from Fixation Brewing. We did. Uh, Matt and Sam. No. Yes? No. Tom and Sam. Why couldn't Matt every... Who's Matt? We've got a lot of Matts in our lives. (laughs) Shout out to all the Matts who listen in. It's all the Matts. The three of you know who you are. There's a fourth. Uh, Yes. Tom and Sam, not Matt, um, who were really nice and really hospitable and remembered my name. Uh, All which the time. Was nice. I mean, they didn't get it wrong once. <laughs> no, not once, but I got it wrong once there that you'll hear later on in the chat. And then in the fucking intro as well, where I could have written something down to make sure I didn't do yeah, it. You're not no. big on that though, are you? Not really. Morning Damien doesn't <laughs> like writing things down. I'm not very good with names, which is terrible for a podcast, which is an audio medium. Hmm. This is true. I completely agree with you. <laughs> But after that, we decided because we both had a Friday off. Uh, we both took the Friday off to go and we chat went walk to those about. Guys. Yeah, yeah. We walked through Collingwood and Fitzroy, and then ended up in Beautiful Carlton. Rose went. To, oh, we did go to the Rose. Yeah, went to the Rose, which was nice. It was nice. Went to hotel agencies and bought <laughs> new did. new wine glasses. That was nice. It's like hotel agencies has replaced like Bunnings and Officeworks as my sort of place that I shouldn't be allowed into, mm. with, you know, because I'm just going to go in and buy one spatula and I emerge, <laughs> you, know, you know, after I've called three vans to come around and take all that I've bought away with me. I, put it, I was yeah. pretty restrained. 
That's it, boys. Uh, all of the salt shakers. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one understands this, but if the uh, if the US-China trade negotiations break down, salt shakers are going to be at a premium. They're going to be at a huge premium. <laughs> well, corner of the market. I see the second salt wars, <laughs> the second global salt wars coming along, David. It's those uh, pineapple cocktail shakers that may have been the error. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, no, like one or two would be amusing. Thirty nine, yeah, but not the fortieth. No, know. no, I think uh, forty pineapple cocktail shakers was a little over the top. But anyway, I'm sure we'll find a use for them somehow. Yeah, they could make some nice decorative sort of pot plants or something like that. Mm, like drill maybe holes some in the bases. soup bowls or something. Exactly. <laughs> Serve a pineapple yeah. soup in, but also the design, the, the, the you know having bought now forty uh, soup bowls as well mm-hmm. to try and use them as cocktail shakers is going to be right. quite quite <laughs> impractical. Yeah, you know that Spike Milligan book that I got you. <laughs> it's not it's not a manual on how to run a pub. <laughs> it's actually very true. The sad thing is that like, downstairs, the two books that we have as reference guides mm-hmm. are a Spike Milligan Goon Show book yep. and an Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, you meant to look at the other one. The Anthony yeah. Bourdain one is the but, reference book. Well, what I've done is interleaf pages. So oh, there's good. One, one, one or the other. Sometimes it's a little hard to tell. Yeah, no, it's a very Goon Show operation. <laughs> At the Thank, Royal Mail five one nine Spencer. Thanks, mate. That's more or less what my accountant says. So at least <laughs> at least there's consistency of messaging. I mean from it the with world. love as a compliment. That's you know that's a compliment from me. Yeah, it's I don't not, think it is from the accountant. No, who, I wouldn't have thought so. Who straightens his tie when he says it? So. <laughs> we ended up at uh, Jimmy Watson's on Ligon Street. Well, we ended up at the Royal Mail on Spencer, who don't get enough plugs in this podcast, but that will change that today. <laughs> well, true. At the end of the day, we ended up there, and then a whole bunch of people actually appeared. Hundreds! Throughout the night. So if you were there and are now listening to this, thank you. Thank you, and also maybe sorry that we were a little bit underprepared for We had no idea that you were coming. (laughs) David and I have been drinking all day. (laughs) mate of mine, Christine, came in and I said, oh, go and get you a drink, Chris, and went behind the bar. I don't think I came out for three hours at that point, (laughs) like literally. Yeah, it was a long night, but a good one. And hello um, to Ziggy Roberts or Ziggy Alberts or whoever was playing at Festival Hall that night. This who, is the first time in a really long time where there were a bunch of kids in a pub and they were telling me where they were going, to, yeah. like who they were going to watch. I had no idea. Tonight I but, met someone whose brother may have gone to that concert. And that was as close as I've got to understanding it. Right. But usually I'll sort of, I'll at least know. Oh, the yeah, artist. no, I agree. I, you I'm, know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it's Halsey. Oh, yeah, I've heard of her. She was that pretty girl that Halsey was on SNL. Yeah. Halsey and Halsey, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, the point I'm trying to get to, oh. we went to Jimmy Watson's. Oh, we did. On the Friday afternoon, which I'd never really drunk in before. In the Even after I'd said that- in the pilot episode, episode one, feel mm-hmm. free to go back through the archives and listen to what you've missed out on, listeners. Which you are. You weirdos, you little weirdos creeping around in our back folders. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, morning, Damien. That sounds even more disturbing when you say backfolders. Than- I know that's not that's not a term. That's not that's not a thing at all. It is now. It is now in a, in the backfolders of my mind. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to shout out Jimmy Watson's because it's a beautiful bar, and we had a very nice afternoon. It was such a it was, it was such a beautiful afternoon. We actually got to sit somewhere on our own and have a conversation for a couple of hours without being interrupted. Not that we don't like being interrupted, but it was just uh, very nice. And that, I think it's 
become like my favourite bar in Melbourne within two hours of hanging you're, out. You're a fickle man. I know this will change again <laughs> quickly. Well, but, you know, I mean... Sometimes it's nice to go and drink wine rather than beer as well. That Much was is. very nice. You know, so we'd had a whole lot of gorgeous beers and then it was like... I want something that's not beer for me. Yeah. I mean, we'd had fixation uh, IPAs at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm. You can't really go any harder than that as far as hot profiles are concerned. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so we, we just had to... A nice Alsatian Riesling was just what was... We had to jump into a completely different lane, which we did. Yeah. And what was the... What's their house special thing that we had that was... Oh, dry and dry, which is yeah. sort of is the when I say the drink of my youth, it's not what I drank when I was twelve. Mm. <laughs> but uh, vermouth and dry ginger is basically what allowed me to get fifty-one percent in you know second year, third year Japanese. Um, you know, just passing, just enough to right. sort of skate through. So yeah, so a lot of my sort of university days were spent out the back at Jimmy Watson's. Yeah, and well, also receiving marks that were in the fifties. So. Right. <laughs> well, I know all about that. 51%. Excellent. I, I took it as a tacit agreement <laughs> between the department and I that I wouldn't come back either because I'd failed and needed to repeat or because I had any future in the subject. So <laughs> it's just like, yep. well done, Japanese Department of Melbourne University. You and I agree that 51% is where I belonged in third year. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a fantastic bar. So if you haven't been there, if you're in Carlson... It's yeah, a great it's, space and stuff. And yeah. I mean, the Lincoln's in Carlton, but there aren't a huge amount of other places that I can think of off the top of my head that are good to go and get a drink oh. on that sort of like on... On, the, on that side? Yeah, no, no. At that end of Ligon Street. The other end of the Ligon Street is the curtain. Yeah, I went down to the curtain tonight. Did you? I did. Mm, what's going on meetings down around the Trades Hall area. Put it that way. Um, the curtain, well, the curtain is largely unchanged for the last... 25 20. years. Oh, and it wouldn't be that. No, I remember when the curtain was... I think was, it renovated recent, like the last 10 years or something. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but there is a there is a rumour going around that the curtain has been bought by Chinese investors and may not be long for this world and to be student apartments. So oh, off what? the back of us going to Cherry the other night... Yeah. I have no idea whether this is true or not. It may be completely untrue. Mm. I hope it's not true. Yeah, I really hope it's not true. It's always Either. been one of my pubs. And, you know, for a long, long time, before all sorts of fun days that I've had at Trentall. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it was literally on the, it's literally on the same block as uh, where I did my last two years of high school. So that was our pub to go to. Yeah. I, we were probably drinking there at the same time. We probably were. You're probably one of those scruffians. <laughs> I would have had very long hair. I didn't have a beard then, but I had very long hair. And I would have had jeans. You would have tied it in a bow between beneath your chin just to make it look like a beard. So. Probably, yeah. Holes in my jeans smell mm. real bad. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. You and your Melbourne uni mates would have come in and be like, oh, God, this RMIT student in here. Disgusting. I wasn't a student when you were a student. That's what you can remember. Oh, I was a teacher right. by I then. I think we're the same age. <laughs> Only a couple a, of years difference. I was, a, I was a teacher delegate at Trades Hall, so I was both, you know, both a teacher and a smelly unionist at the same uh, time. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I hope that's not true because the curtain, again, is mm. another one of those uh, iconic Melbourne. I'm not sure I can mentally deal with losing the curtain and cherry. Not in the same year. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah, it's just one of those. I suppose it kind of gets taken for granted. You just sort of think it's always going to be there, and then 
people don't go there enough and then all of a sudden it's not there. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, which is a shame. So I think we should try and anyone who's listening, if you're in Carlton, forget what I just said about Jimmy Watson. <laughs> go to the other end of Ligon Street and go to the curtain. Or maybe start at one end of Ligon Street and then... It's a long street. It is a long street, but then you can walk up, get something nice to eat and then finish it. It's your little finger the- motion you do while you're walking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've, we've got to go to YouTube sooner or later. <laughs> People have got to see these hand actions, Dave. Um, that's pretty much all I've got to really sort of discuss as far as adventures are concerned because I haven't really been doing much. We had our little Friday adventure and then I've been very quiet since then. So well, It was a big adventure. That adventure lasted till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning from my memory. That was a lot. Yeah, I bailed at about 1, which I'm quite happy mm-hmm. I I did, seeing I had to open the bar. The no, I, think I, went to, I think I went to three or four, and then I got up and had breakfast at Mario's, speaking of, oh, like, you wow. know, blasts from the past, and went and played lawn bowls at Fitzroy Victoria Bowls Club. It sounds like we're in a 90s Melbourne independent film or something. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. <laughs> then Blake, for some reason, my son, my seven-year-old son listeners, decided last night he wanted to read all of the children's books from his, like, babyhood. Oh. So I've... Yeah, I feel like I'm living in the past. <laughs> well, it's a good place to be, man, because the present place. and the future right. is terrifying. So, <laughs> the past is a different place. They do things differently there. Mm, that's true. Um, but speaking of the future, we've probably got some plugs that we need to do as far as uh, the mail is concerned so we can keep a roof above our heads and keep doing this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so Saturday is our six-month birthday. Um, what are we doing? What's going on? We've got Warren coming down. So Warren Wu, who's in episode five, if you're yes. going through our back folders. <laughs> the back folders of our minds. <laughs> He's um, coming in to make some delicious beer cocktails. I've mm. seen uh, most of the recipes for that, and there's yeah. some very fun things. Okay. Uh, there'll be some quite limited supplies of some of those, so decide for yourselves how late you want to come in, but I'd be in at sort of, you know, four or five o'clock to not miss out on some of the fun things that he's got planned. Yeah. Uh, we have some free snackies because we've got into the habit of doing uh, little potato gems and hot sauces mm. uh, on a Friday afternoon. And Damo, you know why we're doing potato gems? Why, why are we doing potato gems? You know why we're doing potato gems? N- no. <laughs> why are Do we doing Seriously that? not. I don't genuinely I, – I thought it was just – Because was... Lucas always wanted to Oh, open... is that because <laughs> – Really? Yeah, so now you can explain. <laughs> so at our old bar, uh, <laughs> when, when... I can't believe you didn't realise I didn't really realise it. Messaged when, we, him. when we were doing uh, the Mr. Griffiths bar, uh, the food menu there was a Canadian menu, which was, uh, you know, the main dish that we sort of were fa- famous for. Uh, it just turned into Granville from <laughs> Open All Hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is for you. Uh, I, I can't tell you, listeners, how much I'm enjoying this. No, it uh, was uh, poutine, and then uh, my best mate would Which come. Just chippies and yeah, chips, gravy, uh, and chips, gravy, that. cheese curds, and then sort of whatever else you like on there. Um, and then my best mate would come along, and once he sort of got to about the third pint, he would threaten us that he would uh, lease the shop next door to us. And open what was it? A, a craft, potato gem, a craft wine and potato gem store. <laughs> and without fail, every time he got drunk, he would say that, and we'd all be like, "Yeah, no worries, Lucas." I wondered where the potato gems thing. I was like, <laughs> so it's like literally just about making sure he doesn't open next door. 
I'm future proofing the organization. Fair enough. Uh, cool. Well, potato terms are delicious anyway. No, so, no. and we're going to do cheese chess. Yeah. What? What is cheese chess? Or do we just find out on Saturday? I think it's probably easier to find out on Saturday. But right. Suffice it to say, you need a few people in your team, and you get to eat your opponent's pieces when you take them. Oh. Mm, this is going to be some nice cheese. Yeah, this sounds amazing. This is my kind of day. Beer cocktails, cheese chess, uh, potato gems <laughs> that are made out of spite towards <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> it's all my favourite things. Um, so that'll be fun. Are we opening at usual time, 12pm? We're opening or- at 12pm. Warren will be in mixing drinks from about three and cool. um, all good to go, I reckon. So Awesome. Let's just talk about our social medias and... Knock things off there. Yeah, uh, I say that because I'd almost forgotten myself. <laughs> so uh, we're the cool room podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to send us some long form uh, correspondence, you can. Uh, cool room podcast on Instagram uh, and cool room podcast on Facebook as well. If you just put that in the little search bar, we'll be the first thing that comes up. Or you can just Google um, cool room podcast. We're the First thing that comes up, if you put cool room podcast in, not <laughs> the cool room, which I learned the hard way. <laughs> That's right. Um, more people listening again, more people rating, reviewing it, more people following us on Podbean and uh, on social medias and stuff. So thank you. This is continues to be weird on a daily basis in not, a really great way. But um, Not just because of your big hair, but just sort of generally. Because of my giant hair. Well, you know, it's, things are starting to get out of control. I've got this golden grill now that says podcaster on it and giant hair. Hello, uh, world. So <laughs> things are just starting to get a little bit rock and roll. Uh, but anyway, we should uh, head down to Collingwood. We were told very, very yes, steadfastly we that it was Collingwood. Um, and our chat with the boys from Fixation. Walking around the corner, above is inside. Up there on the left, just past those lights. We've been there before, yeah, that place is alright. Let's pull up a stool and settle in for the night. Alright, we're joined by Sam and Tom, uh, the boys from Fixa- Fixation Brewing. Good work. Good hello, to hello. get a mistake in the first sentence of the podcast, <laughs> David. Uh, and I'm joined by David Griffiths as well. You are. Thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. How are you going? Good. It's a nice morning where we are here. It's a beautiful yeah, Friday morning in Fitzroy. You've yeah. got coffees in front of you. We've got beers in front of us. So everyone's <laughs> got their chosen up and downers. So it's how we roll, David. It's how we roll. Now we've got. We'll get uh, straight into. It. We've got some traditional questions that we ask everybody. Yeah. And essentially, the first question we always ask is, "Where and when did you have your first drink?" Oh. First drink, you go, Sam. Uh, have to be have quick to be, handball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's quick hands. No, nah, have to be in the kitchen at home with uh, with mum and dad. In a tried and true dad that only drank VB until I started brewing beer about ten years ago. So yep. on, the, on the good old nectar and a uh, little taste here and there, which I funnily enough hated for a long period of time. <laughs> Didn't like beer at all until I was seventeen or eighteen. You know, never try this, try that. Nah. And uh, anyway, I'm glad I'm glad things have changed. I'm drinking better beer. They say that persistence takes bitterness. It uh, <laughs> takes takes persistence to enjoy bitterness. But um, I probably had my first beer uh, around that same time, and I wasn't particularly fond of it. I had a terrible beer called Diamond, a low carb, original low carb beer. Oh, that brings some sort of it was very, yeah, it was very much like water, and. Um, Yes, that was the intention, I think. If that were your first little sips, what was the first proper drink that you had without mum and dad knowing? You know, the, you know, 
Teenage debauchery. Yeah, basically everyone's yeah. nominated a park somewhere in the northern suburbs. Yeah, I definitely, definitely, definitely remember being with some friends and uh, one uh, one of the girls, her mum, was a bit more alternative and snuck down to buy a couple of bottles of vodka and remember being, yeah, the first experience to what too much alcohol can do. <laughs> yeah. Probably having two or three shots and being in it in a whole heap. So, yeah, hence I'm not a distiller. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I haven't drank vodka since. I was uh, on a beach probably in Victor Harbour and, um, yeah, found out that bourbon and coke is a, um, yeah, didn't agree with me at that age. <laughs> <laughs> well, did the drink itself or the amount of the drink didn't I think, agree no, with No, I think it was just the that uh, spirits for a long time didn't agree with me. Yeah, just mm. found I had to have, you know, something a bit lighter. There was a lot of alcoholic lemonades back then. And yeah, mm. sub-zeros. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah. two dogs, that <laughs> two, kind of Two dogs is the one that I always remember. <laughs> we get a lot of that. A lot of people sort of, you know, oh, you know, I drank sort of spirits at parties and stuff and then have not really ever revisited that and hence everyone we speak to is really into beer. Yeah. Well, I guess you know? at that age, it's the biggest bang for buck, isn't it? You know, if you only get mm. a little bit of something, you know, yeah. you have something strong. Mm. And, uh, and easier to carry. Yeah. You know, you're not having to carry a slab, you're just carrying a 500 mil bottle. My yeah. plan of attack was always to bring beer because other people would drink spirits. They'd only have a little bit and then one, by the time I'd finished my beer, you could drink their spirits. Uh, you're a thinker, Damien. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're a thinker. Huh? I was pretty lucky. We had Cooper's long necks and Cooper's sparkling in the fridge, so I was always able to sneak a Cooper's if I needed one. It's not a bad beer to start on. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, when did you guys have your first craft beer? Do you remember that? Well, I, yeah, I, I do. And thanks for sending through a couple of questions in advance. I never think because it took a while to rack the brain. But um, I distinctly remember uh, meeting up with some friends probably yeah, soon after I was 18 and uh, we did a cafe sort of bar thing and my mm. mate handed me a beer and goes have a taste of this it's weird and fruity and they said it's pretty good and it was a uh, little creature's pale ale yep. yeah and right it sort of stuck with me for a while and that sort of for a while actually it was my sort of go-to beer after that uh, just from the sort of flavor and uh yeah it's a good one to start on uh i was in adelaide so i was privileged to already have some coopers in yeah. the fridge being one of the 30 percent of adelaide households <laughs> with coopers in the fridge um but i uh discovered the belgian beer cafe yeah, and yeah. that was sort of flavors that appealed to me and then not long after that moved to Melbourne and discovered Hightail Ale from Mountain Goat Brewery and Little Creatures 2003 Yeah, and that was the first proper Aussie craft. Mm. Yep. If we had a Hall of Fame of first craft beers, I think Little Creatures would come in at number one. That seems to be everyone's sort of... They yeah, get mentioned by everybody at some point. To their credit, um, I haven't had it as, many, as much recently as I'd like, but it was down at the brewery a couple of months ago, and that on tap down there fresh is still one of the best pale ales in the country. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah, right. incredible. I've yeah. always been a fan of the bright ale as well. I can drink that very easily. If, you, you know, if you're at a bottle shop you know, in an obscure place that doesn't have many options, yeah. there's yeah. never any shame about picking a six-pack of that up. I distinctly remember being at the Brown Couch in Gertrude Street and someone handed me a jug of I remember beer and it looked couch. like Carlton Draft. <laughs> yep. And it was bright ale and I tasted this beer and went, my God, what's that? And um, the guy that was drinking was like, oh, no, nah, it's all right. I go, no, it's great. You know, really yeah. big hop character. Anyway. Speaking of craft beers... You usually have to go somewhere to drink craft beer. Where are you guys enjoying going and having a beer? Besides your own place, obviously, yeah. which is beautiful. Uh, where are you guys enjoying having a drink at the moment in and around Melbourne? Yeah, we're, we're pretty blessed having the little brewery set up in the sort of Collingwood Fitzroy neighbourhood. 
Um, so definitely the Friday lunchtime down at the Rainbow Hotel they're uh, kicking in every every couple of weeks. It's a, great place, a, a great lovely pub. place to be. Yeah. Um, also the the Pinnacle, yeah, just a bit further north is unreal. Yep. Mm. I think the crew up there, some of the best palmers around as well. Yeah, I love the Napier Hotel. Yeah. So pubs that have great communities and great beers on tap and yeah. decent food are sort of my yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, I'm being in Fitzroy blessed. With that, you know, Napier, it's a, it's a, the rainbow, it's the a dangerous place to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you find you actually sort of can get out at lunchtime, or is the temptation just to sort of stand next to the taps and order a pizza? <laughs> we haven't really. We, we sometimes walk down to get a bakery like barn me or a, a pasta, but and we don't tend to drink too much here during the day. No, nah, during during the week it's uh, very very dry on site. But uh, yeah, you know, Friday, <laughs> in case you're listening, liquor licensing and work safe. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, gone in the days with the, you know, smoke beers and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, what about outside of Melbourne? Where are some places that you've enjoyed a relaxing uh, well, ale? Well, we sneak up to the production brewery a little bit, so we'll have the rails in Byron Bay. It's an old shed on yeah. the railway line, and there's music 365 days a year. Love that place. Yeah, Eddie's I used Grub to yeah, live up in Coolangatta and yeah, Eddie's Grub House up there was a oh, sort of nice. one saving grace of surf clubs and, you know, yeah, tourist cool. bars and stuff and it's yep. a great place for a couple of pints. Yeah, and then outside of, I guess, uh, those two sort of locations, like Northern Rivers, Goldie, probably I love Netherworld in Brizzy with pinballs and, you know, great craft beers and 20-odd yeah, right. taps. Um, there's a pretty, there's yeah. obviously a really strong scene in Brisbane Brisbane. at the moment. Yeah, Yeah, it's exploding. It's really taking off. And then Sydney, I love the Unicorn and, you know, the classic pubs and Nelson, like beautiful old Art Deco pubs that haven't been sort of ruined by renovations. and Pokies. Yeah, they might have pokies, but they're hidden away and uh, kept them in the background. Yeah, and also I find some other breweries when you're travelling around, particularly like regional Victoria and stuff. My dad's a farmer up in the northeast, so stopping through Bright and Beechworth and yeah, into the Middle Valley, it's always uh, always great having a drink at those places. Yeah, these are all places we have to put on our cool yeah, that's, map. That's David. the end end on our itinerary to send off to the ATO to explain, you know, <laughs> why we're going to Bright. And we 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 always and like overseas and Coolangatta. <laughs> and we and like overseas nominations as well for that reason. So mm-hmm. when we you know finally spend our We've got to go out. to a Ju- uh, German, uh, what was it? German beer garden. Uh, we've got to go to Canada, yeah. New yeah, York, London. Yeah. There's a lot of places yeah. we've got to go to. So feel free to add nominations. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. America's definitely one of our favourite places for good beer too. Yeah. The next question is the cool room question. Uh, I always feel like this is going to be really difficult, but then we get a, usually get our best stories from this. So what is the weirdest or funniest thing you've seen in or around a cool room. <laughs> I used to work in a very dodgy Italian cafe in Adelaide and I, I was hiding in the cool room quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> angry chef that was uh, nicknamed Squid because he must have had an illness when he was young which meant he dragged one of his legs around the kitchen. Uh, right. So it was a pretty tough place to work. And, and I thought maybe I'd, he'd look like he had 12 arms because <laughs> of the speed with which he worked or something. shot out ink when and he was angry. And I was the wood oven pizza chef and... Um, and I would just sometimes need to just go and sit in the cool room to cool off with the 400 degree oven behind you and yeah. getting yelled at that the you know the pre cooked pasta's ready before your handmade pizza. Um, I used to get pretty angry <laughs> and need to go and chill out for a bit. But you're obviously over it now, Tom. You're not oh, holding yeah, on to it at all. Totally, yeah. Happy to get back in in front of the wood oven. I used to go home and feel like my brain was cooked at the back. It was literally still simmering. But, that yeah. doesn't sound. That mm. does not sound good. No, for ten bucks cash now. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
probably one of the most tragic things, like, is a keg draining onto the floor of a cool room. Because yeah, someone, yeah. you know... Yeah, not attached things properly. Yeah, yeah, or a hose is blowing off and, you know... Oh, they can be the best places on a hot day. They're a good place to hide. But if something's going wrong with a keg, it's the most stressful place on earth. Yeah. <laughs> running to the bar, they're back to the cool yeah, room. Particularly if you're one out. Bar. So you're sort of running out, explaining to people that the beer's not quite yeah. working yet, then running back <laughs> yeah. and... Sorry, you know. I've got 100 litres of beer on the floor. It'll be there in a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, the other thing, uh, probably the most impressive cool room was Sierra Nevada's hop cool room, which was yeah. um, tons and tons of bale hops. So um, how big is it? Oh, it's enormous. It must be at least a couple of thousand square metres. Um, and it's five, six pallet racks high, all but just stacked bale whole cone hops. So wow. So That's cool room in, yeah. envy. If ever there was cool room envy. Yeah. Also, like uh, even uh, Lickex Logistics, where we store our beer out in uh, West Melbourne, and that's basically craft beer heaven. If you're yeah. going to find somewhere you needed to crawl up and uh, and, and check out you know, yeah. every beer you'd want the best in Australia everywhere stacked you know fresh if you high. ever got locked somewhere with yeah. a warm jacket that would be the place <laughs> so when when the end of days comes <laughs> yeah, that's where we're just, all going we're, to we're going to lick <laughs> X yeah. uh, tell us guys how did fixation come you know, start as an idea and become a reality and um, what yeah. were the sort of challenges that you guys came across well, making that happen we uh, were working, so Sam was a brewer and working away in um, Stone and Woods Production Brewery and I was uh, working for Mountain Goat Brewery. Yep. And uh, Cam and Dave, after 18 years at Goat, decided to sell the business. And um, so it was sort of like mum and dad were selling the family house and adult kids <laughs> can move out, you know, find a... Find uh, somewhere else to live. Well, we waited um, until you were eighteen. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm like, oh, really? I wasn't really ready to move out. Um, so, uh, you know, pretty emotional time. Everyone, you know, gave everyone a hug and a kiss, and we realised, you know, the, uh, time for the uh, professionals to take over, and and um, you know, your team starts moving on. So yeah. I was sort of working out where I was going to go next, and I knew the um, the guys that had all been working behind the scenes with Stone and Wood for a long time. I was. Um, the fan of the beers and was at the first ever keg in Melbourne and first yeah, right. ever beers, uh, beer deluxe, Fed Square, and um, yeah, we just sort of got talking and 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 thought a great um, idea uh, that had been kicking around in the in their background was mm. to you know focus on something that's different to um, their you know, main business, yeah. which is sessionable, approachable, you know, balanced, easy drinking Australian beers so yeah. lagers and ales yeah and um and i love ipas and i was known for my love of you know all things IPA. hoppy yeah. and uh and hop forward and had made a uh, an ipa at goad and was always you know championing the bigger flavors in craft which is mm. i think you know what craft is it's it's yeah. a rebellion against bland beer and and big beer i yeah. guess I rebellion um, against bland isn't the bad name for you know or put on a t-shirt or yeah. an album yeah. or uh you know. yeah that's right or it's, a it's, tagline for a brewery and maybe. that's where you know when when you have uh, you know, a business change ownership and become part of a bigger conglomerate you kind of go okay that's really not going to sit with our little part of the beer world yeah. because you know once someone else is telling you what to do it's not punk rock anymore you know yeah. um, so uh, we yeah we just decided it was a great idea but we you know didn't want to uh, build a brewery or anything so we could start off in their small original brewery which was a 25 heck brew house and Sam's been a brewer there as well which is the Byron Bay one yeah. and we had one tank one 50 heck tank and we'd fill it and then we'd 
you know, three weeks later, rack some kegs and then yeah. fill it the next day. And I'd, you know, rush and get those, you know, 60 odd kegs out to, you know, my favorite few pubs that were yeah. willing to give me a go <laughs> and uh, said, you know, yeah, if it was anyone else, probably not. We don't, you know, we wouldn't say yes to something I couldn't give them a sample of, I couldn't give them a price, and I couldn't give them a name. <laughs> but I was but like, it's going to be really, really good, I promise. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. It was going to be fresh, and I really need, you know, just a few pubs to be our first, um, I guess, what you call the, the early adopters or the yeah. first guys to go, yeah, we'll give you a go, and, and sort of just started. Pretty, pretty small. Just draft, no packaged beer, just one beer. I think, I think pretty lucky with spacing and timing. Tommy was selling the you know freshies best yeah. message, and they're being able to sort of rotate through these small batches. Initially, probably one batch every three weeks, but then as production went up, it wasn't doing bigger batches. It was being able to do more frequent small batches, yeah. so that all the stock arriving stayed really fresh. Um, with the cold chain distribution and stuff, it was a sort of nice place to be making and championing. You know, what we consider to be one of the best IPAs in Australia. Yeah, it was probably a yeah, benefit was being able to get on the small rig and make yeah, yeah. regular small <laughs> tanks and, and not um, yeah, not need it. If you go to some of the contract breweries around, you've got to make a lot of beer. And yeah. It's yeah. pretty hard when no one's tasted that beer. You know? Yeah, you've got um, you, nowhere you, to forward the beer too. Like back yeah. in Mountain Goat days, we'd make beer in um, uh, Laverton, the, uh, now say premium beverages facility. It was yeah. independent distillers. And we hadn't made, say, Shawfoot Stout for three years, and then 5,000 cartons go. It's like, yep, right. wow, guys, we haven't had a sample in three years. All right. Yeah. So it's, you know, luckily I never saw all this beer. It was off in some faraway warehouse. Otherwise, I would have been paralyzed on the floor, <laughs> freaking out. And was knowing the equipment up in Byron Bay an advantage as well in terms of just sort of starting out with your own recipes and things like that? Was that uh, sort of a. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. So um, I was up in Byron for a few years and lucky enough to brew some of the great stone and wood beers and also some of the early fixation batches, you know, from, from batch number one on the brew deck up there. Uh, so it was a nice sort of grounding in process and sort and good beer and quality control. Yep. Uh, and then from there, uh, it was a, yeah, a couple of years down the track. I was originally from Melbourne and had moved up to chase work up there. Right. Uh, and so I got to know Tommy through one of the early Christmas parties and sort of probably maybe a year later after I'd done some brewing for him and whatnot that he sort of mentioned he was keen to open his own little space in, uh, back in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, as much as I loved it up there, it was a great opportunity to come and, and set up our own sort of piece and yeah, yeah carry on uh, what Fixation's about. Yeah, we kind of knew from day on we'd love to build a home. We just you know, had to make a business case and also sell a few kegs first and yeah. save a few bob. And, and um, yeah, but really having a home was important to us. Yeah. From the get-go. Mm. Yeah. Even here, I think Fixation's been lucky enough to you know have some success over the first couple of years, but it's refreshing sort of being down in Melbourne and opening the small sort of pub brewing space where you get a lot of people from the community coming in or seeing a new venue that have never heard of the brand. And, you yeah. know, for us to sort of engage on that level and start it, you know, um, down here organically is really nice. Yeah, yeah. We're in the bubble and a lot of people <laughs> have never heard of what IPA is, you know. Yep. So yeah. we get a lot of walk-ins and go, I've never heard of you. Take me, oh, Let's start at the beginning. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. We'll start from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now at the moment as a brewer? Is it trying to source hops or try, you know, sort of changing trends in um, beer taste? Yeah, yeah, listening, you've got to put the competition entries in. It's a brutal, brutal thing. And it is one of the challenges when you're making beers that are not true to one style yep. of beer or a hybrid or adding then adjuncts like 
blood orange and mm-hmm. white grapefruit puree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then it got a gold and it's been yeah. and, and it's also been very popular out and about. So it's one of those beers that we sort of have made once every three or four months and then bang, sort of we get it out. Yeah. And then it's gradually become more regular and and hopefully as of around about you know now onwards we'll yep. try and have a fairly ongoing supply at least of the cans and the cartons and then um, and still sort of you know seasonal releases of draft. Awesome. I'm very much looking forward to getting stuck into that, David. Be part of our six month birthday celebrations, <laughs> which will be, be starting by the time this podcast comes yes, out. Yes, it will be. I'll make sure I come down for a pint. Yeah, you should. Uh, we're in the incubator at the moment, which is on Smith Street and Fitzroy. When oh, Collingwood. Just as oh, Collingwood, county. sorry. We it's are, the, other the other side of Smith road, Street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Crazy that's my bad. Um, when and why did you guys decide to set up the incubator? Oh, well, uh, we always had planned, as we mentioned, yeah. to open a brewery uh, and have a home. We, we knew it was not going to be a massive production site, but an ideas lab and uh, a place to incubate new yeah. brews. And uh, I was looking around everywhere between sort of Footscray and South Yarra, Richmond, uh, anywhere... Ideally, it was going to be near me, but I couldn't find anything near me in North Melbourne or near Sam now as well, like northwest Melbourne, yep. um, that was sort of near public transport or yep. near some um, action. And um, anyway, this this had been uh, empty for three years. Um, well, empty in that no one was paying rent. Uh, right. There were people living here probably uh, on a you know just out the back, but it was it was pretty rough. There was graffiti on the inside. It was yeah. sort of windows were smashed, and uh, it had just been sort of left to go you know a bit derelict after um, it was a factory outlet. Right. And so we uh, found this space and um, thought it would be perfect for um, for a brewery. And, uh, and well, really actually, nice originally place. I thought. No, this is trashed and yeah. uh, it would be really hard work, but it had the concrete floor, yeah. had the four walls and, you know. Yeah. I, I was sort of working in advance, um, still when I was I was interstate up north, so designing and planning the brewery around a space that uh, wasn't existing down here. Um, so it had to sort of take takes a little while to get brewing equipment ordered and placed yep. and delivered. So had um, yeah, the sort of tanks and things designed and ordered out, trying to work to a space uh, and then had to sort of fit everything in when Tommy said this is this is the one so better be a bit creative with how everything fits in but I think it's yeah worked out oh, it's definitely worked out it's such yeah. a beautiful space it's, this is yeah. the first time I've come down so the huge windows and natural light coming in it's it's fantastic yeah, and we, I think yeah. we've been sort of honoured to be here for the very final stage of the process, which is the cleaning of the last windows, which <laughs> has absorbed about two hours of time this morning, and, and you've achieved almost all of those windows being washed in yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> it started with four dirty windows, and you now have almost one I, dirty I window. Thought, I thought this uh, air tasker thing was going to be the way to go, and uh, they've, they've, they've left and gone nuts too hard. Yeah. We'll put a picture up on our Instagram when the episode yeah. comes out, just so that you Half, can... Yeah, if anyone oh. wants a few beers to clean some windows... You know, That's what I was saying, I'd do I'd do it for a six-pack. I've got no problem saying that. Uh, uh, well, we know what we're up to after the podcast. Yeah, now, absolutely. David. <laughs> How do you guys think um, the sort of uh, pub and brewery culture has changed in and around Collingwood and Fitzroy the last couple of years? Has it gotten bigger? Is it? Well, I guess the craft angle has probably splintered in there's really pointy-end craft venues now. Yep. And then there's the more just classic pubs that have... Yeah always or at least serve good beer for 15 plus years now Uh, and then there's you know in and around here there's probably not many pubs that say no to craft 
yeah. as a as a whole. Um, whereas I think yeah, that's the problem. We're in the bubble, so if you go outside of Fitzroy yeah. Collingwood, then it's a very different story. But um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's, it's definitely some really pointy end venues. Also, a lot of bottle shop slash bar um melding i guess yep. so yeah uh, where you can you know buy a takeaway or crack one here and taste it or have one of the 20 different beers on tap that kind mm. of thing so um there's a couple of those kind yeah, of I've offers. That trend yeah, like, quite a bit that seems yeah. to be sort of happening all, all around the we really city. like the idea of crossover of takeaway and venue which is why there'll be some great deals on fixation which yeah. we'll be announcing yeah, when this takeaways. podcast comes out so yeah. but quite genuinely and that's right i'm yeah, working we'll seamlessly we'll today. save it for the yeah. intro um it's a <laughs> A podcast plug um, design, you know, throughout the whole podcast. Um, I think also it, it is blend. Like, I mean, even this is a, a brewery, but mm. it's a tasting room, and you can come in and have a beer, and um, it's a bit of a it's mix. Good to have those it's choices, almost that though, direct like, yeah. um, interaction. Whereas previously, the brewery dealt with the pub, and the pub yep. would always just deal with the consumer yeah. or the punter direct. So it's sort of changing around a bit the um, the model and the industry and pub groups are getting into brewing. And, yeah, you know, vice versa, I guess. Yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of even bigger breweries breweries looking to set up the sort of tasting room smaller sites to yeah, engage directly. So we've had yeah, yeah, right. a number of uh, different people sort of coming through and checking out sort of what we're doing in here. And I wouldn't be surprised to see. Uh, you know, a few more, at least of our sort of size uh, venues set up for some existing brands in the next little while. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, lots of, yeah, lots of brands, overseas brands as well have come and had a look and um, I guess they realise it's becoming more and more important to have a home. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of home, what uh, other sort of projects have you got coming up? Is there anything that you can let us know or are you keeping that up? Close to your chest. AIBA is a big coming out. We've got Hop Harvest. Yeah, Hop Hop Harvest is going to be be a good one because we haven't really had too much space to do any new brews with our fixation for, you know, some sort of time until we got this incubator space. And I don't think we've ever done a fresh hop beer or sort of as much as we love hops and keep banging on about them when we're not able to sort of be on that front line. It's been a bit of a shame in the past. So we've got some really exciting uh, fresh and wet hop beers coming up Mm -hmm. to coincide with uh, the Victorian and Tasmanian hop harvest. I'm going to give credit to Jeff for the idea for the name, the Lupulin Express we're taking to the hop farm. (laughs) Uh, That's the bus. (laughs) And we're going to then bring five hop binds and also some uh, wet flowers back to brew with the next day. So we're going to go up with all our staff and... um, yeah. yeah, and then we've obviously it's coming into sort of the the busy period for awards, good beer week, and that sort of yeah, thing that is coming, coming up. up so yeah. we we're scratching our heads the other day, going, I think I've got sort of brews penciled in now at least until May, which is a little bit crazy when we're sort of working during the week yep. to week. So right. sort of first six months of the year is always a bit bit crazy. And yeah, yeah, anyway. one of the cool things we're doing as well, we're making a beer with the singer from Millen Colin, the band Nicola. Oh, awesome. Um, Sarsovich, he's in town in early March, so yeah. he's uh, he's got a brewery in Sweden. Yeah. So we're making a beer with him um, early. March, which is cool. That's cool. Yeah, he's a like great uh, musician and songwriter, and then uh, makes. He used to do a lot of IPAs. Now he does all Berliner Weiss uh, microphone. Yeah, right. And um, so yeah, we're going to make a beer with him. We uh, Sam went to Adelaide two weeks ago. Did a beer with uh, Jade at the Wee Chief Hotel over there. So we have uh, Jade over to crack the beer that uh, we've uh, brewed together in a 
few weeks' time. And, Funky uh, Menace. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's called. Yeah, that's rad. It's uh, going to be a, a very interesting beer, and I was very happy to brew it at the Weedy. And uh, and walk away from all yeah. the equipment and glue <laughs> well, it to someone's... It was a wildflower wild <laughs> bridge road. Yeah, so a mixed uh, culture fermentation India saison with uh, a, a mix of, uh, yeah, I guess Saccharomyces and Brett and other things that Jade's mm. been working on from a bunch of other breweries that have gone through there that's making yeah. some really awesome beers so something i wouldn't have the capacity or i'd also be a little bit scared to put it into the brewery over here but yeah, uh, yeah she's awesome what she's doing over there so it was an absolute pleasure to go and, uh, and do a brew with her yeah jade I have the utmost respect for her so it's stoked that, that she'll be our first collab i guess um yeah up here and then we'll get a couple of wheat sheaf beers over so there'll be a talk with her and uh, james crafty pint on the 28th of march oh cool here in the incubator yeah oh awesome yeah. Tickets available out. wherever good. Uh, when we get organised, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely have tickets available. <laughs> Follow us at Fixation Brewing and we'll put it on there. Yeah. Well, that's that was the because I reckon we can almost wrap it wrap it up awesome. our chat. But uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Where do we find you? Guys? Oh, cool. Yeah, well, just at Fixation Brewing on um, Instagram and um, Facebook, and um, uh, sign up to our mailing list on our website. Uh, I'm sorry about all the pumps and you know, everything that's going off in the background. I thought it was Damien's tummy after his dodgy HSP last night. And also, a couple of new things as well. Uh, the Session Nipper, I liked a little little Ray and the 86, two really tasty beers on that we'll make sure you, you try if you come down here. So I can attest um, to those. They were my breakfast beers this morning. So <laughs> yeah, very, very tasty indeed. And yeah, not, uh, I heard you had a breakfast cider on the other. Yeah, that's exactly the right. So. Uh, change up. Uh, so and 414, <laughs> we're at 414 Smith Street in Collingwood. So down the northern end of Smith. Yeah. It's, it's a great space. It's so. a beautiful space. I would recommend anyone to come down and, and check it out. Tom, Sam. Thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. Thanks, Damo. Thanks, Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Cheers. My friends, I hope they love me too. And sometimes there is nothing better to do than to go out and get stuck into a few. I'm going to spend my time with a good